I'm Ruben Belliard. I'm a New Yorker and a former Marine. I also own one of New York City's toughest fitness studios, The Training Lab. I've seen how adversity in the gym translates to valuable lessons in life. I'm obsessed with the fitness industry, and I'm always looking to learn and discuss what works, what doesn't, and how to be better. This podcast is a way to talk with other industry experts and share experiences and stories. I tell my clients in every class, you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. So let's get uncomfortable. Hello, my name is Ruben Belliard, and this is Mind, Body, and Business, episode number three. Today, we're talking about COVID-19, how it has changed the industry, fitness industry, um, for gym owners and trainers. Um, Today with me, I have Bobby Westside. Um, Actually, I didn't even know his real last name, but (laughs) Bobby Westside, Um, and he is... You know, she was a trainer here in New York City. He worked for a few different studios. Um, I'm going to let him tell us a little bit a little bit more about himself. Take it away, Bobby. Thank you, Ruben. Um, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me on. I, like you said, was a trainer in New York City. Uh, one of my first training gigs was actually under your tutelage at the, uh, the esteemed training lab. And uh, ever since then, I was a instructor full-time at Flywheel Sports, which is an in- indoor cycling studio. And then, of course, Barry's uh boot camp now just berries which is half treadmill half weights uh, but before that i was also i worked full-time in finance and investment banking and uh, corporate finance for five years before i made the full-time switch so a lot of experience uh in and around fitness before actually doing it full-time that's good that's good it's awesome well um thanks for taking your time and we can just and give me some of your time today so we can just chat a little bit about um what's happening currently in like in our industry, right? I think one of the, I guess one of the reasons I wanted to have you on this show is because you have a, a different perspective from most trainers, right? I think, you know, you you are a trainer, but you also have like the the finance part of it, you know, background behind it. And, you know, you were the one of the first ones I saw that pieced the fuck out of New York City, you know, when <laughs> the shit went down. So I was like, all right, what happened? What made him, what made him kind of make these decisions? What is he doing? You know, what is it? What did his the companies he worked for um, tell him, um, and how has he? How have you adapted? You know, it, we're we're going on what? This is week week eight of the lockdown here in New York City. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're in, you're, yeah. you're not you're in Virginia, right? Yeah, we ended up uh, coming back home. I'm not home home, but I'm in my home state of Virginia, uh, where I grew up through high school and and beyond. And same with my girlfriend, who's with me um, as well. So we're staying down here. But like you said, we got out early. We had made plans to get out um, about two weeks before we officially left. And our thought was, and that that reason is two things. One, I'm pretty plugged into Twitter, which is a weird thing to say, but there was a lot of panic on Twitter predating kind of what I thought was like the surrounding um, quote unquote panic. I'm saying panic, but just people like starting to become wise to a shutdown. And then the second thing became we had like, uh, you know, a, a good deal on a rental down here. Um that we were able to move into. So those things kind of collided and we decided to get out. But I saw a good quote a couple of weeks ago that I think I told you on the phone and it was, there's no way to be uh, properly prepared without seeming like an alarmist. And so when we got out, a lot of people reached out and were like, what, are you serious? Just getting out? And we look back now and it was a great idea. 
Yeah. So when we made the decision to leave um, for Virginia, we left. And I, I don't know if you heard this part earlier, so I'll just reiterate. We had four full classes that weekend that we decided to leave. I have a client based email that I send out. Um, got like 500 people on it. It's great. It's all my like real deal people. Just like, you know, this at the lab, you know, all of their names, you know, all about them. It doesn't feel like 500 people, but it's a lot of people. And I said, Hey, we're out of here. And truly I pressed send and an hour later, both of my companies announced that they were shutting down their studios temporarily. And so I looked like I knew something I didn't know, but I was already leaving and then they announced they were going to shut down. Uh, we came down to Virginia and about four days later, we came down here on a Monday on Thursday. I had been laid off, um, from flywheel, uh, whereas we all had been laid off from flywheel and then Barry's kept us on for two weeks beyond that. And then they cut our pay a little bit, kept us on for two weeks beyond that, really doing some kind of inspiring things in terms of making the finances meet to help out their trainers and whatnot. Uh, I was really impressed by that. And then finally, after about two months, they gave us a choice. We're going to pivot to online virtual classes. And by then we've already set up our whole business that I know we're going to talk about in a little bit. You can stay with us or you can, you know, do your own thing and we'll pay you if you stay no hard feelings if you don't. And so it was a kind of a, a precipice for us to choose. And we chose to, uh, to uh, do our own thing and Barry's is thriving with their online zoom schedule. They've done a really amazing job, you know, completely transitioning their format over. Um, and we've done a great job, I think doing our own thing. So, you know, let that be a lesson for coexistence and, and thriving, uh, you know, both parties. Um, that's good. I think that, so I would just kind of let you go and then Barry's, I mean, obviously Barry's a huge company, so they were able to kind of pay a lot of the instructors for a period of time. And then at one point, I'm sure the economics didn't make any sense. And they're like, well, you know, we're going to have to choose. Um, but look, I think that's not the same for like a small, small business, right? Like myself, like, you know, I can't, you know, a small studio can't afford to pay for two months you know, the salaries of a trainer. So trainers, you know, I think people are, are you know, there's a lot of trainers on online doing all these Zoom classes, but, you know, trainers, all, pretty much all trainers had to like really, you know, think outside the box to, to, to survive this, you know, and there's no like, we don't know when it's going to, when it's going to open up back up here in New York City. So um, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, that's, that's awesome that Barry did that, but not, you know, a lot of people don't have that, that flip ability you know gyms you know this boutique fitness some of them are huge most of them are are not and you know they don't they can't afford to do things like that um but one of what i think one of the reasons i i wanted to talk to you is because obviously when you were you know working for me you you know you you say hey i want to establish this you know my brand my own personal brand and i feel like a lot of people are now doing that yeah there we go <laughs> you know i think a lot of people are doing that now because they see Hey, you know, if I can't get paid with my studio, I have to make money. But, you know, they might have been thinking about it. And this just kind of propelled people to, like, get off their ass and do something about it because you have no other choice. You have to do it um, to survive. Um, so I think, you know, I would love to see, hear your perspective on, like, hey, you started building your brand, what, over a year ago, right? And slowly and surely you've been working working on it. And this was like the, the perfect crossroads, right? To just like, you know, kick it into high gear and, and see what happens. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. And the reason that we've always gotten along and I have such high respect for you is because you are one of the first people I know to have done that. You know, even it's not, maybe not the Ruben Belliard brand, 
but training lab in and of itself is the Ruben brand. And so you did that before it was Corona, before it was cool, if you will. Before it was cool. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, you did it. It's, it's what's so impressive about the lab. And for myself, I just kind of felt some momentum behind me at fly. You know, I was able to go from financial analyst at the company all the way to one of their top instructors. And I back then was like, I don't want to be attached. You know, I don't want to be derive all of my value from the company. I want these people to know that I care about their fitness no matter where I am. And so last October I started, you know, with the help of a client doing some graphic design work, doing some website building. Um, I learned how to code a website and use Wix and do all this in-depth stuff. So lucky for me, like you said, a lot of people are doing it now. I have the kind of framework in place, a sophisticated one where I just installed a bookings app and now there's an app that people can use that Wix provides. So it's very seamless for me and it's definitely a right time, right place kind of thing. But um, it's the, you know, it's the right idea people have to become their own brand. Uh, you don't want it to be too little too late. So I, for me, and, and I know you understand this, it's all about how can I provide the most value to my clients and the way that we're doing that, or we started doing that is a bunch of free content. We first two months was like all free. Here you go. Here's a workout today. Here's a whole live class. And then from there we pivoted to like, okay, here's a couple zoom classes. Here's some on demand content. So it's not a money grab for us necessarily. Uh, we definitely do charge for our time because, you know, it shouldn't be free, I don't think. I think there's a service being provided here, but we want our clients to stay connected because we are all in this together. And and luckily, I've been able to, you know, earn their trust and hopefully keep their trust through through trying to maintain as much normalcy as possible, which I know the well, lab has done. Let me, cut you, off. Let me, cut, you, let me cut you off here real quick um, because I think there's two sides to that. Some people, there's, some people would be like, look, this free contact, yeah, it's free, um, but, you know, when people are used to getting shit for free and then they have to start paying, you know, it's, you know, what's like the conversion rate. So can you speak on like, Hey, I was given all this stuff out for free. Um, but then I started charging what happened. I'll give you my insight. Like we, you know, we shut down and we pivoted within a few days, but it wasn't free. Right. I, you know, my main concern for the zoom classes that we started doing was to just service, you know, provide value for my members because my members kept paying their dues. And I'm like, without them, you know, we won't survive. So I'm like, how can I give them value? This is how we're going to give them value. We're going to give them these free Zoom classes um, and, you know, trying to keep the community because, you know, I think one of the key things that we're going to see when all of this is over is if you didn't have a tight community in your studio, you know, you're going to have a really, really hard time recovering because your community is life. And, as you said, I've been cultivating it for many, many years. And if you come to the lab, you know, hey, this there's something about this place. Everybody knows each other. Everybody knows everybody's name. Their whole lives, we're like a family. So I think um, it started off just for them, just to give them value. And then at the same time, other people in our, our like community started growing. We have people from all over the world jumping into class. By no means is it like going to replace the lab or the you know the income coming from that is sufficient. But it was something that I was surprised. So when you went, what do you think when you went from free to paying? How was, how did that work for you? Yeah, it it, it worked at probably about you know what you thought it would work at. We went to you know we've had about fifteen hundred followers on our Instagram now for um, a while, and now we're at still about fifteen hundred people. Like there has been a lot of growth, but also people haven't dropped off. So I know people are still consuming the free content. We're coming up on our thousandth booking um for Zoom classes uh in about two and a half weeks coming up. What's that? Uh my app does my fancy features. 
Oh wow! Um, and if they didn't, if they didn't, you know, I would keep track of it in Excel spreadsheet. But luckily, <laughs> the app doesn't. Um, and so it's across about two hundred people, um, and we're coming up on a thousand. So you can average that out. But we offer a pretty cheap unlimited membership and stuff. So the capture and just using those actual numbers is about two hundred people across fifteen hundred followers. If you count in the email that has five hundred people, you know, you can do the math, but. The way I have always described it to people who ask me why I didn't charge for everything, like I don't charge for the Instagram or anything, I always say, because people still share Netflix passwords. If you can't get people to pay for all of the entertainment in the entire world, they won't pay $10 for that. Why are they going to pay for my ugly mug barking at them with some great music behind it, right? So I'd rather just give it away for free so people consume it. And then if people are feeling lethargic or whatever, they'll be like, maybe we should jump into that $10 Zoom class. And and I think that's worth it. So now, and, and I want to bring this up too, because you mentioned it earlier, you know, I'm in a position where my lease ended last month, so I no longer have rent to pay. So my bills are pretty light. So I don't feel financially, you know, pinched by anything that's going on. If I had a big rent to pay, that's a whole different conversation. And I think your unlimited members understood that. And they, they stepped in and they're helping, you know, they, they want to support the community because you fostered such a good one. So I'm definitely fortunate to be able to not rely on this. And that's a huge factor. I'm not going to overlook that privilege. Um, so that's why I think for us, like it's, it's largely about content, content, content. And we're going to ask you for a hundred dollars for unlimited, but I'm going to give you more than a hundred things to choose from every month to work out. So it hopefully feels very affordable. You know, I think that's a, that's a good point. Like it's, you know, you're over, like, let's say your overhead is like minimum, right? Where my overhead, nothing's really changed, you know, like the only thing that's really changed is, you know, my, uh, um, bathroom amenities expense dropped down because, you know, my, you know, my cost of goods dropped down because there's nobody at the gym. My, you know, my, uh, payroll, you know, was reduced to like 25% because we're not teaching as many classes. We're not in this. So, you know, but the underlying issue for like a gym owner is like, look, we have utilities. Like, you know, um, I just had to pay like three grand and like, you, you know, utilities. And I was like, I'm not even using the damn place. Um, and you know, the <laughs> rents there, you know, the, I mean, every first of the month, the rent's got to get paid. You know, there hasn't been any, um, agreement with the landlord to this point i mean i'm gonna definitely make him work something out but as of right now it's like look that's that's a a, a a contract that i have to like deal with and um it puts a lot of i think a lot of people are not aware of these stresses because now people are like oh well you know a lot of people are working from home they're not going out they're saving all this money but these small businesses especially gyms like look you have all of these expenses that got reduced but some of the big ones, you know, especially in New York City, the rent that that's not that's not gone forever. The little ones, yeah, they help, but the 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 big the big uh, the big numbers, they're they're still there. You know, they're still on that balance sheet that you have to like figure out once when once we reopen and you know whenever that happens. I mean, who knows? That's the crazy thing to me, and I and as you know, you the re again to reiterate, I'm not here to kiss Ruben's ass the entire time, but you've been able to build this business, and you're one Sounds of the few people. Like, ass, bro. Yeah, well, look, man, <laughs> I miss you, but no, like the the logical endpoint of something like me doing this small time Bobby Westside branding that's evolving into couples branding now is opening your own place and becoming the Ruben of a new place, and so. You know, what's frustrating to me when I think about everything going on is that you're still being asked to pay rent when these buildings aren't being used. 
You know what I mean? Is that yeah. the fact that they're, you know, I, I hope you do work something out with the government, with the landlord and the government, because they're not going to find another Reuben. That place was being trafficked. The entire block had people running around it with 45 pound plates over their head. Like yeah. you're not going to replace that with that little so shop that just moved out. But you know, so yeah. I think the, you know, I hope it all works out. Yeah. You know, I think one of the, you know, my thing was, I've, I've heard a lot of people, all oh, this rent strike and this, and I'm like, you know, that's, that's just, you know, as a business owner, that's just, it doesn't make any sense. Right. Like, Cause it's like, look, landlords, they still have to pay bills, you know, they, so I think it has to come from the the top down. It can't go, it can't go from the bottom up because it just doesn't make any goddamn sense. If you have any business sense, I think whatsoever, you know, I think this is, you know, me and you've had this discussion a few times about um, just, you know, the market being saturated, overly saturated, especially in New York City, right? You know, and I think the, you know, there's a purge coming, right? This is what's going to happen. This is going to, if you don't have a, a healthy balance sheet, you don't have a good community, you know, your your model wasn't working very well, you know, this is going to expose a lot of cracks and, you know, some of those cracks won't be repairable, you know, and, and, and look, that's, I think that's part of being, uh, entrepreneurship, right? Like, some people make it, some people don't. And, you know, I've been I've been toting that for years. You, you know, there's been. a fitness bubble going to burst. And mm-hmm. not that I want it to burst, but I think this is gonna expose the 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 weak brands or the people that are just not yeah. not meant to survive. And and look, and unfortunately that might I might sound like a, a dick saying that, but it's like, look, you know, not you know, not everybody's meant to be an entrepreneur. And if your product, you know, is not the best. And you were like clinging on to life, just going from month by month. This is gonna, this is gonna be a wake up call for you. And it's unfortunate, yeah. but it's just re- the reality of everything. Yeah, the most striking thing that I'm like the one memory I always have of of us when we worked together was you knew my finance background. I've been doing it for five years, two years as a, a you know a finance guy at Flywheel. And I came in and you showed me. You're like, all right, I keep track of everything, and I know who does class pass, and I know who does this, and I was like. No shit, because we have a hundred million dollar company that just figured that out like a year ago, <laughs> and, and yeah, you were yeah. on the ground floor doing it. So, I mean, what you're saying is maybe it's insensitive. I don't find it to be that way, not because we want businesses to fail, but because I think businesses pop up without the best interests of the of the consumer at heart. Like a good trainer, a good fitness professional, whether you're a trainer or a business is catering to their their clients. And if you're just gonna open something up because Barry's works and you think that you can do it with, you know, this concept and this concept, you know what I mean? Like if you're just doing it for novelty, then this is obviously bad timing, but it's also a reckoning that's gonna happen. And and what happened with ClassPass, I told you this for a long time, is now that New York's kind of thinning out and and a lot of people aren't gonna get back into the group fitness scene is that all these businesses that were propped up that should have failed are now going to because they're 85% relying on class pass. They're not going to be able to stand with only 15% of people who actually want to pay to go there often. Um, and now those customers are going to have to find somewhere else to work out. And so businesses that should be thriving more places that I consider like the training lab will now hopefully you have to turn it around in one, two, three years. Cause we don't know the consequences of, of COVID and, and the reopening are going to succeed a lot better. And the yeah. businesses that weren't won't. Yeah. And I think that, I think that's, it's gonna, you know, you put a good point. I think we call it, um, I don't know if it was Daria that gave it this name, but, or, or so it was, she, I remember her specifically saying, because, you know, Daria's got a, she's very, uh, big mouth, which I love her, Daria, I love you. Um, but she calls it, uh, kick your ass. Yeah, no, but she calls it fast food fitness, right? Which is like, it's, and it's like, look, it's when, 
business people decide, hey, this makes if I this model is going to make me money. Right. Um, if I have X amount of, you know, it's X amount of clients, you know, per hour in on a stage, then I'm going to make X amount of dollars. Whereas for me, it started, you know, as I have, I want to do, so, I have a way of thinking and a way of doing things. And I want to do that and give value to the people. And I started really small and I'm really, I'm still small, but it's, it creates value, which, and it's because the model was designed about around the training program, not the actual dollar numbers. Like even when we open up, let's say whenever that happens is if they say, Hey, it's only 10 people per, you know, per class or something like that. I'm like, that's fine because I, you know, the, the, the training lab is designed for 12 people. So I'm not going to, um, have to really change or my program so much that it's not going to be the training lab. It's going to stay, it's going to stay the training lab. And like my old timers are probably going to love it even more because it's like yeah. back in the old days where classes were overcrowded or, you know, we're cramming people <laughs> yeah. and it's like, this is what it is. And I think, you know, like you said, all if some studios are not able to open up these small people, the small studios that can adapt to it um, are going to yeah. thrive. You know, but, you know, one of the things, you know, my main concern is like, what's the consumer behavior? You know, once are people going to come to the gym, are they going to feel safe to the safe at the gym? Like I get emails all the time, like, hey, Ruben, any insight on when you're going to open? I'm like, I just got one like an hour ago. And I was like, your guess is as good as mine because I don't know. You know, people, you know, gyms are not, you know, I don't think on the radar of the officials right now. Mm -hmm. um, but I just know like. You know, one of the, the most stressful times for me were like the week before they mandated the shutdown, right? Because I'm like, every day I'm getting new, new information and making adjustments. At one point, I was like, fuck, just shut it down. So this is, that's it. I have nothing to do. I'm like, I have, I'm not pivoting. I'm not changing the program every time or seeing what's happening. It's like, if it's closed, it's closed and we deal with it and we adapt. Right. And that's what we did. Now the same thing when we open, I'm like, just fucking open. Tell me what I can do. And I'm going to adapt. And I think that's the key thing for everybody, right? You have to be able to adapt. You know, are you adapting now? When studios open, are you going to, you know, you're going to have to adapt. And then as you learn the behavior of, of customers, you have to adapt. You can't, you know, you can't be fixated on the, on this. This is how, this is the model that I have to follow. Because if you are, you know, you, you it's, you're going to have a hard time, you know? And I think one, another thing that we talked about, you know, previously before we uh, got on this was how trainers are coming to coming to light, you know, and I think, you know, I think I don't can, can it be good or bad? I, I, I don't know yet. But I think that a lot of trainers are seeing, hey, I can, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm curious. Are trainers thinking I can do this better than <laughs> X, X company? Um, and I think for the time being now, I think a lot of them are. You know, but once things, once stuff starts to get normal, like, hey, what's mm -hmm. going to happen? Absolutely. I think uh, if I can, let me, let me backpedal the, the point where you're talking about adaptation, because I think it's one of the great hallmarks of your training style, you specifically, and of course, the people you've trained is you're so good at identifying something that's working or not working in your class. It's something that I really tried to learn from you when I was there. You'll see like the whole class can't get around the damn turf. And you'll be like, all right, everybody up, get outside and run. Cause you hit and you'd frame it as, you know, they're in trouble. But in your head, you were like, all right, I gotta, I gotta call a plan B here because I see things going wrong. And so when you decided to shut it down, that's, that was you adapting in the moment 
And then you invested in this wonderful marketing from Lonnie and other assets that I hadn't really seen. I still haven't seen beside Barry's just started to roll some stuff out, some at home marketing, but people looked at it and they're like, Oh damn, these are crowded classes. They are tailored classes. It's the old lab. You know, I'm going to get my ass kicked like I used to. And it was, it was a perfect adaptation. So, I mean, I, I, that was just a little proud moment what I saw with you guys. And then in terms of trainers, um, I, it's, that's, that's a crazy one for me. I think people are seeing dollars come in without getting the, the company getting a cut of it. Cause in theory, if I charge $10 for a zoom and I get 15 people to come at $10 per, I'm making as much as I did with a 50 person class at flywheel, which is crazy. And it's nice, but obviously the, the factors there, I have to hold that for X amount of classes. Whereas at flywheel, like you said, when it reopens, you know, people are just going to go because it's flywheel. It's one of my great frustrations is that people thought all flywheel classes were the same or all Barry's classes were the same. And you were like, I am not the same as that person or that person. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And so I think people for the time being are thinking that, but I wonder, you know, I don't think a lot of people have been faced with failure before. And so when they think they're going to open up to like a 50 person class and they only have five people sign up, Something that you and I do really well is we're on the ground in the DMs, text messaging people, emailing people, making sure that they were staying relevant, you know, rapping to stay relevant. People are maybe not seeing results, but are they going to be as tenacious as we are? And the answer for me, at least, I know that you're the same kind of one of my mottos is they might be X, Y, or Z, but they'll never work harder than me. And so they can do it, but I'm going to roll out a website, roll out an app you know, have two classes a day, film two on-demand classes a day, come to this elementary school, upload it on their Wi-Fi, just to make sure that if I go down, I didn't go down, you know, taking a nap at noon until 3 p.m. Yeah. And so and I, that'll be the, the, that'll be the, the, the test for these trainers is, is, are they going to work harder than the, than their, than the person they're competing against? And I don't know, not me. Yeah. I know. I think that's, that's a good thing. Like you said, they see, you know, the dollars coming in and look at this time, at, at this moment, I think it's great because, you know, a lot of your hours, um, your hours, a lot of the hours reduced, they can't make any money. Like, so they're getting it in, you know, but my, I think my, my underlying question is like, how many people are going to really succeed or, or, or take that next step? Because like you said, like it's hard, it's great now, but it's, you know, it's going to get shitty. It's going to be hard. And and that's why. And I always tell people, I'm like, look, being an entrepreneur is not as cool as it fucking seems on Instagram or what people make it seem like. Look, yeah, there's great times, but nobody tells you about the shitty times that you fucking spent, you uh-huh. know, doubting what you did or like questioning every decision you made because it's just it's that's just a, that's just what happens. And then, you know, right now they have a captive audience. Right. Nobody can go anywhere. Uh-huh. But look. I'm sure that once people are allowed to go places, you know, I love home. I mean, I don't, I hate working out at home. Like I, I don't <laughs> it's I have worst. a roar here. And, yeah, it's the worst. I have a roar in my backyard and I use it once in a while. But, you know, I think the, the moment people ha- are comfortable with going outside and have an option, that's going to be a hard sell. And, yes, there's a people that are going to some people are more risk averse than others. But, you know, think about like in six months to a year. You know, your Zoom class, if it has 100 people now, like, is it going to have 100 people in six no, months? You know, absolutely and not. You know, and I and I just I just hope this like this doesn't get to a lot of trainers heads and they just start burning bridges because then, you know, they're screwed. You know, yeah, 
um, when it comes back to reality, it's like, oh, shit, you know. Um, but I think also this is, this also highlights those instructors that don't hide behind their brand. I'm like, yo, these guys are stars. They are great. And it might give them the momentum to really propel themselves and establish themselves, you know, whether it be a brick and mortar or just uh, have a real strong online presence. Absolutely. I think that the, the relationship aspect of it is probably something I'm the best at, but the worst at. As we know, I don't necessarily uh, work. I mean, I work well with others, but not everybody. And if I don't, then I'll tell them I don't. Um, and then it doesn't work out. And I'm a big believer that that's okay. But in terms of burning bridges right now is definitely not the time. Um, yeah. And uh, that's, you know, I'm just curious. I like, look, my team is, they're awesome. I've done, you know, I've done pretty much everything I can do for them. And like, look, without like, look, I'll be honest, like when we shut down, um, what is it? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, man, I was in a fucking hole. I was like, what the fuck am I going to do now? Because nobody knew nothing. And, you know, um, they started, they, they experimented with the, you know, people were asking for like zoom classes. They experimented with it and it kind of snapped me out of it. And we did like a, a, a pilot class like for two days. And then, you know, the following Monday, you know, we had our full schedule back on mind body and we started kicking it off. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a hard, it's, it's, it's been a hard transition. And, you know, every day it's like good day. You got a bad day. It's like, what the fuck, you know? And now, especially now, like I'm, I was, I already, in the beginning, I'm like, look, I don't expect to open to June, but what I'm hearing now, man, I might not open to July and, and what's that going to even look like? And it's just like, shit, you know, it's like, absolutely. What? Yeah. And on that note, I don't, you know, this is me personally. So don't let me speak for everybody, but I, me and Izzy, who's my girlfriend, also a fitness instructor in New York City, we don't want to teach before, like in a group studio. And so this is just me. But even if people want to come back, we, we hear them. But, you know, it's going to get a little windy. Sorry, but it, it's, it's not for us right now. And we don't want to be like responsible for anything. And luckily, since you're built for six, seven, eight people at the training lab, I think that's going to you're the only gym owner I know that played the opposite of the scale route, which I love so much. You said, how few people can I make this work with? And then you went yeah. and made it work. So, I mean, I think if anybody opens, you're going to be the one, especially given what you told me, uh, for how you're going to yeah. reopen. I think it's, I think it's your time. Yeah. Like I, you know, I based the model on literally six people in a class because it's like, yeah, you know, what, what and that's how I price it based on six people. Anything above that was gravy. So, um, we'll see how, uh, you know, we'll see how the implementation works when we um we kick we kick it off. But when you said you don't want to be in, you don't want to you don't want you don't want to teach a class. Is that what it is? Yeah, we're. This is kind of what this is back to that alarmist quote I said earlier in terms of like when we were going to leave two weeks early. We just I felt bad having fifty one people in a room ten times a week next to each other. You know, call that five. I'm seeing five hundred people a week just on the bikes, you know, one of them has got to be asymptomatic. One of them has got to be sick. And so are they going to run the map and be like, yeah, here's where it started. And then I'm going to take that out. And so again, because I do have, you know, some semblance of, of privilege here, you know, having saved up a little bit and not having a lease to pay anymore, you know, I don't feel the need to rush back to teach a class. I think we talked about this. I think it's going to go in reverse when we do reopen. And then based on all reports, things are going to spike again and then we're going to shut back down again. And so 
for us, we're being measured. Our clients can't believe it. People that listen to this eventually are going to hear it. And I'm going to get like 800 text messages saying, what do you mean you're not coming back to New York? And I'm going to say, I, it's, you know, I, I am hopeful that I can, I just don't think realistically it'll happen. And guess what? If it does happen and everything goes fine, then that's an example of me missing the boat. I missed the last chop right and I'm going to come back to lower numbers because I, I, I hesitated and you never hesitate. So you know that. And so it's impossible. Nobody knows more than anybody. I wish there was more guidance from the top down, as you mentioned. Um, but yeah, I don't see myself getting back on the bike or in the red room to teach to a sold out class because that just sounds dangerous to, to us. So are you saying, so what, what would make you feel comfortable? Like a uh, time? Oh man, I feel comfortable with someone else in the office, but, uh, something like <laughs> Fauci saying, you know, like, you know, if there was like official mitigation measures in, but what that seems to be is, you know, and my buddy Mike called me maybe a month ago out of the blue and was like, what would make you feel better? And he goes, we haven't talked about this. Nobody's talking about it. Like what would make you feel better to reenter society had nothing to do with this conversation here or, or even fitness. Like what would I have to do to go like eat dinner in a restaurant? And I hadn't thought about it. He was right. And we kind of came down to vaccine, um, like a treatment of some kind. And then I said, if there was like extreme measures in place to like make me feel safe in the dining room, I would probably do it as well. You know what I mean? If there was like a dining room and there's only four tables in there or something crazy, I would probably reenter society. So the question is, you know, if these studios that are not built like the lab have to reopen like a flywheel that does 51 bikes, can they sustain themselves with 15 bikes they're going to try to do the halfway thing i don't think half is going to succeed but you know maybe it will are they going to be able to reopen with only like quarter capacity and will people want to consume that and so if that were to happen and the and the money was right obviously uh i'm sure we'd listen i mean when i think about percent payroll if you cut you know the room down to 15 percent, and then my pay is like 15 percent of the regular 100 am i going to be willing to take that yeah. cut. And I, I think that's where you're going to lose talent. And so back to our conversation about trainers in this environment, hopefully you're going to, you know, companies, businesses are going to have to find out a way to identify their top players, pay their top players to sustain themselves in the short term until that vaccine or that treatment opens up where they can then, you know, rejuvenate their revenues. But I think what's going to happen, at least in my very cynical outlook, is that you know, these flywheel places that are going to generate X, you know, call it $2,000 from a class are going to try to pay their trainers like 50 bucks when they were previously making 150 bucks. And I don't know who would want to teach that. I mean, it's an exhausting job. And all of a yeah. sudden you're offering me 33% of what I made. So a lot of economics at stake. It's going to be kind of a survival battle for these bigger companies. But, uh, you, you know, know, they and, have... And it- yeah, that's a good point. I think, you know, one of the things I think the experience also changes, right? If you if you're accustomed to having 50 people in a room, now you go to, tw- you know, 20, the experience changes. So it all I think that's what, what the one of the things with fitness studios, the dynamics, you know, are the experience is is based on on, on numbers. Like some most studios is like, "Hey, you know, who wants to work out?" in a room full of treadmills with two people on a treadmill. Like, that's just like, <laughs> I should just go to, I just go hey, run outside. You know, you know it's one yeah. of those things that that experience is going to change. Like you said, the economics are going to change. But another thing I was thinking about also is just the, like you said, trainers are going to be 
can't, I love doing this. I'm passionate about this, but I can't sustain my life or, or any life based on all this, this reduction. So now, you know, is there going to be, you know, will there be a mass exit of like these good, good studio uh, trainers because they just can't afford to have afford to do it anymore. Um, and that's something that I've thought about also. It's like, Hey, we have, you know, how, you know, how do you, you got to keep your talent in? But at, at the end of the day, it's like, look, you know, numbers, you know, it's black and white. You can't make these things up, you know? And I think yep. I'm going to go back to something you said. I think we're on the opposite sides, right? You're like, you know, the fucking world is ending. And of I'm course. like, I'm like, what would it take for me to fucking go outside? I'm like, for them to say I could, you know, I, that's what it would take for me to go outside. Like, I don't, you know, um, whether it's because I am an entrepreneur, but look, I'm a dad. I have two kids. I'm very careful. Um, but for me, I guess, and life experience, right? I've been through, I've been to, you know, I was in the military, so I've been to many uh, third world countries and shitholes of the world. And so I'm not, I'm not super concerned about certain things like they don't really scare me but you know i you know i've lost some family members through covid-19 so i am very aware like hey this is this is real but it's not going to stop me living my life if it opens up i'm not going to be like i'm not going to move down to you know virginia and be like yo i'm living in a farm i'm not ever going back to the city because i think new york city is unique you know and look i think it's going to take some time to for it to get back to normal, but like, look, there's no place like New York City, man. I I don't think nothing matches to it. It's like, look, yes, this changes everything, but and I think people also they get desensitized after a while. They'll be like, you know, there's certain measures in place. They feel comfortable. It's gonna yep. be business as usual. You know. Yep. Um. You, you might see me walking right now. Recess just let out. Can't believe it. What? There's school right now. Uh, there's like childcare down here in Virginia, apparently, but it's okay. I had a backup plan in place. Okay, good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, good, good. Um, so yeah, I but think I, we're, yeah. we're on the other spectrums of that. Like, hey, what it would take for me to 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 resume normal? Just get being able to do it. You know, obviously, I'm gonna be a bit more cautious of certain things, um, and you know, I'm gonna take different precautionary measures. But o- overall, I mean, I've gone to I've much gone to the gym regularly um yep. just to break the you know on me of being home and just like you know checking up on the business and make sure um it's okay and you know lifting some weights and that tension is okay though like as you mentioned i think that's that's absolutely a natural part of it is that you being a business owner me being a trainer or even a consumer of your business i mean we're going to be on other sides of it and what's the most important thing that we've already discussed at length today is You've cultivated these relationships where every person, every person that really matters to you knows that you're going to do this in their best interest. You're not going to throw them in a room without being, having, you know, thoughtful discussion with people to make sure that they're the safest and that they can come work out because they want to come work out. Like yeah. there's no, they want to come. They just might be hesitant and they want to make sure that the person that has their back is going to come. And that's what's so special about you being at the helm is that Ruben says, when they when they hear that you know flywheel says it's safe to come it's like ah eh, that's a brand whatever but when they hear ruben said i can come that's where you might you're fortunate to have you know done such a great job investing in your clients and i think that you, i think like i said I, I am the most i'm the most optimistic about the labs prospects relative to scaled businesses that no, I, you know, look i think there's a lot of good small studios mm-hmm. um in right. 
that that are that have the same kind of rapport, right? Like, you know, I think, like you said, is there's a big thing. Like, it's not Flywheel. This is Ruben. He's the owner. Like, I think everybody in the lab at this point has my cell phone number because I've messaged everybody. I send them an emails in case you know I oversee all the Zoom classes, making sure yeah. people have no problems getting in. So, like, the words that I say have weight, a lot of weight, and I think that's the biggest thing. Like, communicating to your community and if you don't have a community you know like you know like you said like you were you mentioned the whole people you know relying on class pass coming in and this like if they don't really know you and know who you are are they gonna like really believe you um so i think you know that's another thing to see how what happens are people um is how much weight is that gonna overall carry you know i'm gonna i'm saying right now i think carries a lot of weight um, but we'll see. I think we'll see what what happens when it opens up. And then people are going to, you know, especially in New York, people had, hey, I go to like these three to five different gyms. You know, now they're going to be like, look, I'm going to pick one, I one. Yep. yeah, one or two, because it's like, who do I trust the most? Um, yeah. to, to and with have that my power. Answers. Yeah, you have that responsibility as well. And I think that's what's what you're acutely aware of. And, you know, people are going to listen to you. And, and I think kind of where we do align, we're on different sides, but we both agree that, you know, you don't want to rush back just for rushing back. And so, you know, you're going to bring your clients back when it's, when you're allowed to, and when you feel like you've done the right legwork to do it. Um, yeah, I was, I was on a webinar, uh, like two weeks ago or a week ago. I don't know what, how fucking long it was. Every day is the same here now. Um, it's Groundhog Day. Yeah. But you know, they had all these different owners from all these different, from all over the country. And, you know, I had, I had, obviously I had the most, most aggressive position on it. Um, because I was like, look, I'm not going, you know, I guess it's for me, it's just like a fourth or like, look, I know, and my clients know that I'm going to put my best foot forward. You know, I'm not going to cut corners and just say, whatever, fuck it. I need to make money, you know? So I was going under that pretense. Like, look, when I open, I'm going to open, and people are going to come back because I'm going to do the due diligence and I'm going to already plan it out. And like, you know, I mean, we already redesigned. I redesigned the whole gym already. Like we, yep. you know, everybody's getting 120 square feet for themselves yep. with a squat rack, weights. There's going to be little movement. And, you know, and we discussed it. And, hey, the program doesn't change dramatically. There is some, you know, we do lose some of the dynamics of it. But, hey, that's part of what, you know, you have to kind of sacrifice during this time. Um, but I came across as the most aggressive one because I was just so, I was just, I was confident, I guess. Cause I'm like, look, I'm not going to fuck this up. I've been doing this for a long time and I'm going to do it right. Like, you know, and people expect that for me. Um, and I expect that for myself. Um, so it was, it was like a no brainer to me. Right. Uh, so that, that was, that's my, my position on that. Yeah. No, um, has there been, what did they say? back to you well was it interactive it was, you know there was one there was one um one guy and he was just like super conservative like look he, he didn't know when he was gonna open up and you know he, his main priority was the safety of his customers and his clients and i was like look that's great like look I, i'm not i'm not saying i don't that's not for me but i'm like clearly we're in different positions right like you know yeah. this is gonna sound fucked up but it's like you, you know it's not your money you know you probably got some investors in this place and you're like all right i got i have this money i'm fine mm -hmm. but a small business owner is like look this is like everything that i have and it's like i have to make this work so every day that i'm closed i'm not making any money and it's just like 
it's hard. So it's like, look, it's if I had, you know, a huge investor and a huge cash reserve, like, look, mm-hmm. I would be um, I would be like, fuck it. I'm not going to open to the end of the year. But right. I want to do what's right. And I want, you know, I, I love doing what I do and I want to do it as, as soon as I can, as soon as I can safely do it. So I'm going to do it. Um, so I think that was kind of like that was the the disconnect there. I might be wrong, but that was my assumption because it's like, look, if you're owning a small business and you don't have the sense of urgency to like, I need to open up, um, there's something, you know, there's there's a disconnect there. There's a disconnect um, because even the big, even I'm sure even big brands are like, they're you know, they're I I feel sorry for the bigger brands because their overhead is massive, you know. Um, and they and it's or just, they're paying you know, that. Know, go ahead. As you know, like the economics yeah, of it is like every day, you know, you're spending X amount of dollars, and you need to make X amount of dollars. If not, you're in red. Exactly. And I was gonna I was gonna make a joke and then run off of it. I was gonna say, or that guy's just paying Topeka, Kansas rent, which is just a unique challenge that yeah that no, people I don't think, have. New York City or like L.A. or San Fran, like these are places where rent is premium. You know, um, what do you think is gonna happen moving forward? Let's let's get. Bobby's prediction, um, <laughs> unless you can speak uh, for you know speak towards like the trainers, like what what trainers yeah. are going to have to adapt and stuff like that. Yeah, I think um, man, what a question! I put a lot of thought to it since you, since you you rang me. Um, I think this is just gonna. I think there's going to be a brief window of hope, and then I think we're all going to end up back here um, when, when that window comes. I'm not okay, sure. Okay, wait, I, let me cut you off. Let me cut you off. Don't be a fucking Debbie Downer. Oh, like, oh boy. I'm talking about um Don't like, be down. <laughs> I'm talking about like, you know, the fitness industry. You know, COVID is like, <laughs> look, it is what it is, and we don't need to hear more fucking depressing shit about it. But as far as like fitness, okay. like and dealing okay. with fitness and let's let's do that. Let's be frame it like that. All right, uh, let's frame it <laughs> like that. Um I would say that my prediction is that given current events, that the uh, the group fitness space, which was once like known for being high powered and like sweat sharing with one another is kind of like a sign of pride is going to become a lot more individual for at least a year. I think two sides, I think clients are very, uh, they're bought into the scene of it. So they do love being with other people at all times when they can be. And some people will rush right back into it. You see that a lot at Barry's. They have some diehard clients. And I mean diehard. And they'll be back the day those doors are allowed to open. But I think there are a lot of people who have you reopened. And I know some businesses are going to start to in Georgia and North Carolina. You know, just reopening isn't going to happen. Like people might think about going, but I don't know how, how they will. So from a trainer standpoint, if you are no longer seeing these sold out numbers, I don't know how um, excited you're going to be back either going back to a group fitness experience. And and I'm of the opinion, at least that virtual training is going to take off. And that's not a hot take. Obviously it's taking off right now, but I think a lot more people are going to be inclined to redirect their group training funds into a personal trainer where it's just one-on-one or they'll keep investing in these zoom classes for cheaper. That's always been the appeal of group fitness is that you get personal training in a group setting for about the same price. And so my, my, hot take my big prediction is that the trainers that are doing well that are surviving on virtual training zoom classes on-demand content things like that are going to stay there and that people might come back to group fitness when things reopen or they might just take like a sabbatical and maybe find other jobs 
in the meanwhile, um, for these big, I can only speak for these big names that I work for, but that's just the feeling I get. Um, but I also, I'm not allowed to be a downer, so I'm trying not to be. That's why I'm speaking my <laughs> words so carefully. Yeah, no, no. I'm, uh, I'm waiting. I just, I'm waiting. I don't think there's going to be, I just, I am, I'm skeptical that there will be any big reopenings for these big box gyms until a vaccine comes. Until I think it's going to be a year. I'm sure the powers that be are going to rush something through by the end of the year. But I would be surprised if there was any rush back to normalcy before the winter. And everything I've heard is that there's going to be, you know, more to come in the winter. So um, it's making, you know, my the way I feel about my clients, and I'm sure you do too, is to make the best of a worse situation. This is obviously the worst situation because uh, working out at home is truly terrible. Um, I've had one 90 pound Bowflex weight and a bench and I've had to use that. So who knows what's going to happen when I'm back in a gym, but at least I have that. I was able to buy it early. I should have bought two, but I'm not made of money. So I only got one, but anyway, long story short, I think that training is going to move online for the first for longer than people want it to. Um, again, I know nothing special. I just am a believer in, in virology and science. And I think that this thing is going to keep kicking ass until we have a firm measure in place to stop it. And so I'm hoping, I hope I'm wrong. I hoped I was wrong when I left New York. I mean, we told everybody we were just leaving for a month, but she and I packed for, for six months, oh, wow. you know, quietly we packed. Yeah. Well, we kind of had an idea. I'm not saying that I called it. I just like had an idea that it might be longer. Um, yeah. and so, yeah, I, I think, I, I didn't yeah. think it was going to be that long, you know? And I was, um, yeah. You know, obviously I was wrong. I'm like, oh, well, you know, hopefully by by June we'll be open. And it's and now seeing the scope of it and it's like, look, it's going to be long before. I think there's going to be a long ramp up to be back to the numbers I was doing in February, you know, and I'm talking when I say long, I mean like one to two years to get to there. You know, I think like you said, one of the main things is, you know, I think we get a vaccine that actually works. I look at my at the gym. It's going to be a hybrid now. Like it's going to have to be a hybrid. Like I was, I'm not a virtual dude. Like I was. People have been telling me that for years, and I was like, "Fuck that. That's just that's just not how I do things. It's just not you know. It's just the experience that we create at the lab. You just can't really replicate it like that. We are doing a very good job right now, but only be only because we have no choice. And obviously, I've learned a lot of things. Like I've learned like, look, I can't do this. Um, we could deliver really, really close to what we do at the lab. Um, I've heard a lot of feedback from clients like, look, this is, this would be a, please keep this on. Cause this would be a great option when we're not in town or, you know, until I really feel comfortable, I'm, I'm going, I would want to just do a virtual class. So we're going to keep like in studio and virtual going for a while. Do I think virtual is going to take, um, over? Absolutely not. I think this is, you know, I'm going to quote, um, Micromirrors that quoted somebody I don't know what it was in the last box, but I, I yeah, and it's it's really good because it's like people never go out of business, and I think that's really yep. true. Um, and I think that's really true right now. I think it was actually I think this quote came from the office, if I, if I remember correctly, <laughs> you know, from the office. But Michael it's true, especially Michael Scott. Yeah, but I think very I think right now it's 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 so true because you're everybody's alone and you're gonna want to interact with people and that's what and like you said you know groups group classes and boutique studios they create like a connection um you know with people and people no matter what what happens that people are always going to want that um 
so I think that's how the lab is going to evolve. Um, yeah. And, you know, you're going to, you know, and for vir- the people that were just betting on virtual, like, look, they're uh-huh. hitting a home run right now. And it's going to, it's propelling it, you know, tenfold. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I'm with you. I would, I would say I'd build on that. I totally agree with everything you're saying that if I, if I, for anybody listening to this, if you think what Ruben said was different than what I said, then forget what I said and listen to what Ruben said. What oh, I would on. say on top, I'm serious. I mean, I agree with you. I don't think virtual is going to replace it. Um, I'm curious to see what changes in terms of how many people show up. And on that note, what I wanted to add was I will be very curious. I'm almost sure this will happen. How many of these big gems become more like the lab? And I'll be curious. I think the only comparable to the lab is the fitting room, which is a, a great concept. I love the guys there. Shout out to the fitting room. Uh, but they have a 24 person class and it's still close quarters. Yeah, but they have the ability to pivot from 24, obviously, to let's say 12, and they'll have to go from two trainers probably to one trainer. But regardless, they're going to scale down easily. It's not going to be as easy to scale down a 25 treadmill, 25 or more with double floor room. But I think you're going to see a lot of businesses find a way to make that the new normal. And I think it'll be interesting to see how long that lasts, because I bet that lasts, like you said, one or two years. I'd be surprised if you saw a room stacked wall to wall with treads soon. Yeah. Probably wrong. They're probably going to try it, knowing berries they'll succeed, and and I'm and I'll be left with you know my pants down. But uh, <laughs> I I I would think the most successful thing that companies can do right now, company wise, is to figure out how to maximize their space for find that optimal balance. Before it was like as many people as we can get in equals yeah. as many dollars as we can get, and now that I if I'm them, I start to think about. What's the balance there? How many people equals how much revenue before people start to not trust us to come back? Um, and then from a trainer perspective, if you're doing well online, you know, and you don't want to hear this, but if you're doing well virtually, I have more clients virtually than I ever had in person. It's been great. Izzy no, hates dude, it. Yeah. All of my trainers are crushing it right now. Right. Because, right. you know, they have, they, they can do everything from home. You know, and it doesn't look, you know, one of the biggest things is like, you know, space and time and like distance. And it's like that's that's removed out of the equation. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think they're, you know, they're thriving on that, you know, and a lot of like you said, a lot of people are thriving. And this virtual thing really takes takes um, takes a lot of the these, you know, over these factors that limit other people out of the windows. Like, look, you don't need to have a studio. You just, as long as you have your bedroom, you have some weights, you, mm-hmm. you know what you're talking about, you know, you can do it. Um, I just caution on the longevity of it. Absolutely. People that are not thriving. If you're thriving, you're thriving, but there will, you know, there's going to be a, a, a till, you know, right now is leaning that, but eventually, you know, time it's going to go the other way. Like, look, I opened my first studio during in 08, during the financial crisis. And I was like, what the fuck did That's I just right. do? But That's right. yeah. It, yeah, it worked out. You know, I, um, my experience then was like, everybody's like, dude, you just wasted all your money. And I was like, uh, well, I'm in it. I have to fucking adapt. <laughs> and, um, we made it, we made it work. And, you know, people started investing in their health, which I think people are going to do it, going to do it again. Now it's like, look, yeah. you know, you want to be able to, if you get this, you want to be able to fight it. You got to be healthy. There's no more, you know, just being, you're just doing whatever the hell you want. You have to be healthy. Um, so that's, that's my take on it. It's like, look, you have yeah. to really do that. Especially um, coming out of, um, coming out of this, there was that meme a while ago that was like, I'm either coming out of this quarantine with a 12 pack 
or with, you know, 1200 more pounds on me. And so, yeah, uh, that's true. I hear everything you're saying. And if I, and if there was one title for this podcast, I would agree with it. It's, it's people never go out of business and we can attribute it to Mike. I mean, that's the theme. Like if you're doing well virtually, there's a reason for it. People, very few, some people are like the, the people that got to Instagram fame quick. And you know, my thoughts on that aside are doing well because they already had a following these in-person trainers that are now, you know, selling out these zoom classes at Barry's are because they had a following. These aren't accidents. People are doing yeah. it because they cultivated something before quarantine. So I think a lot of people are trying to create followings now that they have to, and they're realizing that they can't. And I'm not trying to sound like a dick, but like, I don't, you can keep trying, I guess, but people are going to stick with the ones they know. They know. So maybe find a hobby <laughs> or, <laughs> no, I, or jump into somebody else's class and be, and, you know, endear yourself to your peers so that they can shout you out. Like that's how you do it in real life. You might as well do yeah. it virtually. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we got to wrap this up now. Uh, but I think, look, I think the final thoughts on this to anybody, your trainer, you know, studio owner is, uh, flexibility, right? You have to be able, you have to be flexible and you have to be able to pivot quickly. And, you know, this is going to put entrepreneurs to the test. It's like, look, this was, this is, you know, this was working. Now it's not come up with a new plan. You know, you have to think on your feet. And I think one of the key drivers for this is going to be information, right? Getting information, talking to people, you know, and like you said, not being scared to fail. Like that's one of the things that I think I do very well. It's like shit's not working. Scrap it. Move on to the next thing. That's yep. what I learned. You, you know, you have a plan, you try to execute it, but you know, you have to pivot on the, on the fly. You pivot on fly, abandon the plan, create a new plan and keep moving forward. I think those are going to be, you know, people that can do that very well are going to survive this. Um, that's that's going to be my last two cents. Um, but Bobby, thank you very much for um, coming in and spending some time here with me, chat chit chatting about this. Um, and tell people a little bit about where to find you. What you know, where can they you know look look you up? Yeah, you can find me on uh, Instagram. Is where I run everything through. It's just Bobby X Westside. You probably just search Bobby Westside and find that. Me and my girlfriend run a collaborative. Instagram account posting daily workouts with some uh, Zoom classes twice a day, one boot camp, one uh, guided bike ride or run um, at Westside X Workouts. Um, and we'd love to have you guys stop by. It's a great time. We've we're known for our music, so if you just need some some tunes to run to, and you don't, you can want to tune out our voices. That's totally fine. Um, and yeah, of course, check out the Training Lab NYC dot com for more. Yeah. Look at that. You took my damn line, man. All right, man. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, if you have any questions, shoot us an email, and hopefully we, uh, we'll, we'll hook you up with an, another episode soon. All right. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Bobby. There is so much more we can cover, and we will in upcoming episodes. But in the meantime, I hope you enjoy our lively discussion. And as always, I hope you've learned something you didn't know. I know I did. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to subscribe, and be sure to give us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to. Until the next episode, keep pushing, keep learning, and keep getting uncomfortable.